Our third scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 through 15. Now when John heard in prison about the things the Christ was doing, he sent word by his disciples to Jesus, asking, Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus responded, Go report to John what you hear and see. Those who were blind are able to see. Those who were crippled are walking. People with skin diseases are cleansed. Those who were deaf now hear. Those who were dead are raised up. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. Happy are those who don't stumble and fall because of me. When John's disciples had gone, Jesus spoke to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? A stalk blowing in the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed up in refined clothes? Look, those who wear refined clothes are in royal palaces. What did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. He is the one of whom it is written, Look, I'm sending my messenger before you, who will prepare your way before you. I assure you that no one who has ever been born is greater than John the Baptist, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is violently attacked as violent people seize it. All the prophets and the law prophesied until John came. If you are willing to accept it, it is he who is Elijah to come. Let the person who has ears hear the gospel of the Lord. Author of life, we thank you for your words. And we ask that as we reflect upon them this morning, you would be with us and transform us in heart, soul, and mind. Amen. We return this week to another story about John the Baptist. Last week, we saw John proclaiming the coming of the Messiah. But this week, John's career as a prophet is in a totally different place. John is no longer the voice in the wilderness. He is imprisoned. We know that he is soon to be beheaded. Now, Jesus is the one who's proclaiming the kingdom that is to come. Having received baptism from John, he's been wandering the countryside, preaching, teaching, and performing miraculous wonders of healing. And so John, languishing in a prison cell, hears about the work that Jesus is doing. John, who baptized Jesus, who knew that Jesus was the one whom he was sent to proclaim, suddenly seems to have doubts. He sends his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the one? Is it you that we've been waiting for? Or should we find someone else? John, sitting in prison, is clearly not ready to give up, but is understandably worried about his earlier confidence in Jesus. In this time of doubt, John is perhaps more relatable to us than at any other point in his story. 
and how Jesus' response should comfort us in our own times of doubt and instruct us when we are being questioned. At some point, John's disciples find Jesus, and they ask him if he is the one. And do you notice how Jesus responds? Does he say, Well, when I was baptized by John, the heavens opened, and a dove came down, and God said, This is my son, whom I dearly love. Does he say, John was the one who proclaimed me. Who does he think he is to question me now? No, he takes seriously John's questioning. He doesn't try to big-time John with his credentials. He doesn't try to shut down the conversation by calling John out. It's an indication of who our God is that Jesus doesn't try to hide from John's concerns. God can handle whatever doubt we may have. God can handle the questions and the fears that come into our mind. John Wesley talks a fair amount about Christian assurance, the idea that once we're justified in God's sight, we will be confident in our own salvation. But we've all likely had those moments when it seems like the world is against us, when we have our doubts. Like John, there are times that we sit in a cell of our own suffering and say, are you the one or should I find someone else? And God can handle that. It's okay for us to be honest with God about how we are feeling. It's okay for us to say to God, you know, from where I'm sitting right now, I'm not so sure. Because God will take us seriously. So how does Jesus respond to John? And how, by extension, does God respond to us? He reminds John of the work that he's doing in the world. He says, go, tell John what you see and hear. Those who are blind can see, the crippled walk, the diseased are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead raise up, the poor hear good news. Again, we hear those echoes of Isaiah. But more importantly, we are reminded of the God who is with us, Emmanuel. As the prophets have been showing us, God is still at work, and that is the answer that God gives to John. I know things are not yet as I have promised, but I am working. And maybe Jesus knows that this moment of questioning looks to the world like a moment of separation between John and himself. So after he assures John's disciples of his work, he turns next to the crowds that are gathered around him. And what he does in that moment is just as important as the comfort that he offers to John. He turns to the crowds and he vouches for John. He asks them why they went to the desert to listen to John speak. Was it to enjoy the scenes of the wilderness? Was it to see someone with the finer things in life? Or was it because John was a prophet of God? He affirms that not only was John a prophet, but that no one ever born has been greater than John the Baptist. In essence, what Jesus has done is to tell the crowds, John is still the same person that you sought out. He isn't to be judged for his questioning. 
You shouldn't turn your backs on him or make him feel bad for what he has asked. He is still the prophet of God. But Jesus isn't just speaking about John in this moment. He's serving as a model for all of us. He's reminding us that people go through things, that people have questions, that we're all at different places in our relationship with God. And we shouldn't shame others for having questions or doubts that we don't have. Finally, Jesus concludes his comments with an assurance to all who hear his words. John might be the greatest person born, but in the kingdom of heaven, even the lowest subject is greater than John. And here is where we finally get to the core Advent material of this reading. Jesus is working God is working on the kingdom. And once we enter into that kingdom, we will experience the glory of God. But the kingdom is beset by those who would do violence. So we must be ready for struggle. We must be ready to sit with John in Herod's prison, awaiting the executioner. We must be ready to join Christ on the cross. But we know that God will be with us. We know that what God has promised, God will accomplish. The blind will see. The crippled will walk. The diseased will be cured. The deaf will hear. The dead will be raised up. This is the vision of the kingdom that is to come. This is the work of God in the world. So as we wait for the final fulfillment of the kingdom, tell those who ask what you see and hear. At our charge conference last week, we had a discussion about the mission work being done in our zone. We shared this discussion with folks from Milan, Dundee, London, and Azalea. We shared with them the work we've done with the food pantry this year, serving 58 individuals over 250 times. We heard about their work, teaching prisoners to knit, feeding the hungry in their communities, providing healing to the sick and the addicted, giving shelter to the homeless. We all heard about the ways that we are building the kingdom through relationships with our neighbors. So when the world asks, are you the one or should we find another? Let the person who has ears hear. Amen. Do you please pray with me? Prince of peace, you are building your kingdom. While we wait and work alongside you, we will have questions and doubts. We might not see what you see. So be patient with us. Take our questions seriously. Grant us strength in our weakness. Grant us courage when we doubt. And grant us the peace to be content with whatever life throws at us. Amen.